What's going on, everyone? It is Wednesday, July 20th, 2016. I'm Gary. I'm Josh. And let's talk soccer. Josh, what's going on this week, my friend? So I'm actually at a camp right now, and it's a soccer camp, and I'm really enjoying it. Very cool. Yeah, let's definitely get into that in our youth soccer segment because um, you went to a camp last week as well yep. and want to sort of understand the differences between the two. We don't have to name them if there's things that you don't like about them, but I know there's definitely some differences, and I think it's good that you're being exposed to a couple different things. So yeah. before we get to all that, though, let's go ahead first off and say thank you, everyone who's been listening and or been interacting with us on all of our social media accounts. We've had a lot of participation from people um, lately, and it's been great. The The brand is growing, if we want to call it a brand. It has definitely been growing. And a pretty cool announcement that we'll get to in a second to maybe further advance the growth of this podcast and the Let's Talk Soccer brand. First of all, though, if you would like to interact with us, and that means questions, comments, suggestions, thoughts, anything you want, you can reach us in the following ways. On Twitter, you can reach us at Let's Talk Soccer 2. That's the number two. Facebook, just look for Let's Talk Soccer 2. On Instagram, we're at Let's Talk Soccer. And on YouTube, just search for Let's Talk Soccer. You can also email us um, at Let's Talk Soccer 2 at gmail.com. So we'd love to hear from you. So please do. And if you do ask us a question or have a cool comment or something, we promise that we will include it on a future podcast. Now, one of the big announcements is that we have just recently launched a Kickstarter campaign to try to raise a little money for this podcast. We mentioned last week, and you can probably hear it in the quality of this podcast this week as well, that we invested in a microphone. Up until last week, we were using just the built-in microphone in our MacBook, and that's probably not very pleasing to anyone. So thankfully, we have this cool new microphone that we're using, and that Kickstarter money is or will be used to continue to invest in equipment like this, maybe buy some more server space so we can have more capacity for more episodes, different things like that. So the money will absolutely go to good use. So if you're thinking about it, please go out to Kickstarter and look for the Let's Talk Soccer podcast and any help would be very, very much appreciated. And there are some some levels where there's some rewards. So, you know, depending on uh, the amount of the contribution, if you are a company, whether you work for a company or own your own company, we can go ahead and do various different different mentions, almost like a sponsor. So we can do pre-roll, mid-roll, post-roll types of mentions for for you. So if you do want your name mentioned on this podcast, go ahead. You can check out Kickstarter and see those different uh, commitment thresholds, and we will be happy to do that. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing how we can continue to grow. Let's talk soccer. All right. And for those of you who are listening for the first time, we should say uh, we are a fledgling podcast. We are a father and son team. I'm 45. Josh will be 12 next week. So what we do is we just share a common love of soccer. Josh is a quickly rising youth soccer player. So, and he knows a lot, a lot, a lot about the sport. So really this is a forum much more for him than me to talk about soccer from a, you know, high professional level down to a youth soccer level and everywhere in between. So we get to hear lots of cool perspective and insight from a very young, but very intelligent young man. So first up, let's go ahead and wish Josh a happy early birthday. Thank you. You will have you have about a year and a week left until you hit the teens. How does that feel? Uh, kind of. It feels in- interesting because I feel like it's been so quick, and 
like time flies by. Yeah, well, you should feel it from a parent's standpoint. I can absolutely say that it has gone really, really quick. But I'm really proud of the person that you have become and you continue to want to grow. You push yourself. You're a really good person. And I think all of that is pretty fantastic. So I'm super proud to be your dad. And I think we're going to have a fun birthday next week as well. Let's go ahead and jump into, since we don't have, other than MLS, we don't have a whole lot of um, club soccer that's going on right now, but we do have some preseason soccer to talk about, and that comes in the form of the International Champions Cup, the ICC. And while there are Matches being played in various parts of the world will focus more on what's happening sort of here in the U.S. Because this is a really cool opportunity for people to go out, see some of their favorite clubs. And even if one of their favorite clubs isn't playing, you absolutely can see some of the biggest clubs and biggest players in the world. Last year, we saw Chelsea and PSG play in Charlotte and... All of the stars were out. They were all playing, and it was a really, really cool experience. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, as it always is over the summer with the summer transfers coming up, will, you know, these big players be, you know, will they show up, you know, with their new teams? Or if these are players that are being rumored to be acquired by a new team, will they travel? So, for instance, let's just say Juventus was part of this ICC. Would Pogba travel with them, or would he stay back knowing or possibly thinking that a transfer is looming on the horizon? So I know that from a Manchester United standpoint, Zlatan is not traveling with the team or at least he didn't. I think they're in China right now, and he didn't travel with the team. So bit of a letdown there, but all in all, you see some of the biggest names in soccer for sure. So let's go ahead then. Why don't we do this? Let's let's hit on a couple of highlights that are going to happen here in the States. We'll talk about the matchup, the date, and where they're being played. And if you have any comments or thoughts, let's go ahead and talk through those. So the first up is in the U.S. is on the 24th, so that's this weekend, and it's Inter and PSG playing. So this match is going to be, I well, it's obviously just an amazing experience just to be able to see these massive giants that you probably wouldn't be able to see anywhere else, right. maybe besides Champions League. But, I mean, for them to just travel around the world to places that can't see this kind of things is very interesting, and... Um, Inter are quite busy in the transfer window, and they've been sort of on and off this season. And from this kind of tournament, anything can go anyway, because they're obviously pretty much making full team substitutions. Right. Like, last year, I think, like, uh, Fiorentino won. Yeah. Which not very many people, I'm guessing, expected. So... And that's an important thing to mention uh, or talk a little bit more about that you mentioned is that teams are not limited to a three-man substitution. They can go ahead and swap out whole teams at halftime if they want. So not only will the incumbent stars play, but some of the rising stars will get a chance to play as well. Yes. You know, Inter's interesting that, you know, there's a couple of recognizable names, but Mm -hmm. not at the level that some of these other teams that are playing in the tournament have. But I think the brand itself, the Inter brand, is is huge and interesting. And certainly PSG is another big one, albeit they won't have Zlatan with them. But you'll, I mean, still, they have, you know, their whole roster are, Mm -hmm. you know, is made up of well-known players. All right, then moving to Columbus, Ohio on the 27th is Real Madrid and PSG's playing again. So PSG's playing once again, and they're playing against arguably the best club team out this year. Yeah. And it's going to be a challenge Well, because Real Madrid have amazing depth in their team, and pretty much uh, if they subbed out their whole starting eleven and they got their second string, that would pretty much be the first string to many of the uh, of other clubs, even in this tournament. Right, absolutely. 
Yeah, it, I don't know if Cristiano is traveling with Real Madrid or not. I think he might be injured because of oh, the Euro. Yeah, you're right. So that would be, and I would guess either way that even if he was healthy and fit, that Zizou would let Cristiano take some time off because mm-hmm. they went so far in the Euros. I know yeah. that some other players who you know played in the finals maybe are getting a bit of a rest because they've earned yeah, some time like off. Like Pepe. Yes, exactly. Right. All right. We have Bayern Munich playing AC Milan in Chicago, also on the 27th. A couple of monster clubs here as well. Yeah. AC Milan lately haven't been up to their standard. They actually been doing terrible, but yeah. AC Milan is still huge around the world and even if they're not doing great, it's still a really likable team and with some superstars still. Yeah, and certainly on the other side of the pitch, Bayern Munich is just a who's who of some of the best players in the world and you know, they will be exciting to see because mm-hmm. Many of their substitutes are also huge names, yeah. so you really will get to see, you know, the likes of maybe uh, Mario Goza or someone like that come on that mm-hmm. maybe you normally wouldn't see mm-hmm. play. So I think that will be an exciting match to see. Then also on the 27th, so we have quite a few matches on the 27th. The third of these matches on the 27th is in Pasadena, California, and it's Chelsea and Liverpool. So a couple of English clubs playing here. I think this is one of the biggest matches of the tournament. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chelsea, not having a great season, but with the amount of players and talent they have on their team, I still think they're pretty great. Like, those last couple matches at the end of the season showed the Chelsea that was sort of lacking the entire season. Yeah, and you know, I think that, that... all of the Chelsea players will come out playing hard mm-hmm. because they want to impress their new manager to lock in, you know, a little bit of security for them, both in terms of just staying on the roster, but also maybe trying to, to earn a starting spot on the team. Yeah. Um, and then Liverpool on the other side, uh, not too many superstars on their team. They don't have a super standout player. Right. But they are pretty big and... They can when they want to play, they can play, and I would just like to focus on Jurgen Klopp and right. show that, in my opinion, he's one of the best managers in the world, and I really like him as a person, and he's a uh, he's really passionate about the game. He is, and I think that this will be a cool opportunity to see now that Klopp you know, is starting off a fresh season as the manager here at Liverpool to see what changes he might make now that it's more sort of, quote-unquote, his team. Mm -hmm. All right, then on July 30th, we have a couple of matches going on. We have in Ann Arbor, Michigan, we have Real Madrid and Chelsea playing. Oh, those are two giants of each league. Absolutely. Real Madrid pretty much probably being one of the favorites in this tournament. And then Chelsea, on the other hand, probably also being one of the favorites. Yeah. And it's going to be a very, very exciting match for whoever's going. Absolutely. I mean, this is something that you would kill to see in a Champions League, Mm -hmm. you know, knockout stage match. All right. Then the other match or another match on the 30th is in Charlotte, and it's Inter and Bayern. Those are – Bayern is one of the best teams, and the way they play is so exciting, and the amount of – Goal scorers and talent they have yeah. is incredible. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Since we've talked about just about all the teams that are playing in this tournament, maybe what we'll do is just go through the matchups, the dates, and the locations. And yeah. if there's anything big, we'll hit on it. Otherwise, we'll sort of move through the rest of this. So on the 30th as well, in Santa Clara, California, Liverpool and AC Milan playing. I'm pretty excited for that one. That's a pretty big match. Yep. Same date. In Carson, California, PSG and Leicester City. So Leicester City makes an appearance in the U.S. If they didn't have that successful season, they definitely wouldn't be in this. But it's nice to see Leicester City in this tournament. I think so. I think so. And, you know, it'll be interesting to, to see if Mares travels with them. I'll talk about why in a little bit when we get into the transfer rumors. But, you know, um, a year ago, no one would know 
any name on the Leicester <laughs> City squad. Yeah. Now most people probably know most of the players, and certainly Ranieri will be fun to watch as well. All right, let's see. On August 3rd in East Rutherford, New Jersey, we have Bayern Munich and Real Madrid playing. So this <laughs> wow. could this could be a Champions League final yeah. match right here. On the same date in Minneapolis, we have AC Milan and Chelsea playing. A few days later, actually this one's in London, England, on the 6th, we have Liverpool and Barcelona playing. So, you know, it'll be cool to see, you know, if you're in England, to see Barcelona come over and play because the only time you're ever mm-hmm. going to get a chance to see them is if there's a Champions League match being hosted over there. Yeah. All right. Very, very cool. Let's go ahead then and move on to our next segment into the summer transfers then. So we've got a couple of actual transfers that are done and agreed on that we'll touch on, and then we'll hit into some rumors. The rumors always seem to be the more fun part Mm -hmm. of talking about this stuff. But on actual transfers, the first is Alvaro Negredo. And that name hasn't been mentioned in quite a while, but Mm -hmm. once upon a time a couple years ago was a pretty popular player. He is on a season-long loan to Middlesbrough. So it's cool to see that Middlesbrough, who's making a reappearance here in the EPL, has started to put together some notable players and some good players. We know Victor Valdez has made a move over there. You know, now you've got Negredo. So some players who... You know, maybe are at the tail ends of their careers, but can still play, have some familiarity in the EPL, know know the pace and the physicality of it. So, you know, Middlesbrough might be trying to make a run here a little bit, at least to avoid relegation. Yeah, with the team they're sort of building up right now, I think they could, if they play decently this season, I think they could actually uh, survive. And I could imagine them kind of being like a Watford last season, sort of... A bit less than mid-table, but still surviving pretty confidently. Definitely, definitely. All right, the the second transfer is more just an update on um, a transfer ban. So both Real Madrid and Atletico Madrid had a transfer ban imposed on them by FIFA, and it was that ban was to last for two transfer windows. And FIFA has lifted, at least for now, has lifted that ban. It will come back at some point. So, you know, let's focus on Real Madrid here. And at some point, they are going to go through two transfer windows without the ability to make any transfers at all. So while this ban is lifted, do they go out and just make some seriously big moves instead of waiting So, for instance, do they go, and if they are truly interested in Pogba, do they just go out and outbid everybody, Manchester United included, and go and make these acquisitions? Because they're going to have – they're going to have – a whole year. They'll have to go through a cycle of two transfer windows, which will cover 12 months without any activity at all. Yeah, I think they should. And, I mean, they have so much money to burn mm-hmm. that they could pretty much spend as much money as they want uh, getting Pogba, yeah. for example. Yep. And even though, uh, man, you are confirming right now, if they just swoop in and give so much more money than already, yeah, they could they could possibly get him. And if I was the manager of of Real Madrid, that's what I would do. Yeah. I would spend as much money as I could because this next year you're not gonna have any changes to your team. Yeah, I mean, even in a, a normal transfer uh, season when there is no ban for them, they have all the money in the world to go out mm-hmm. and buy players. They know that probably for the next two, so the January window coming up midseason and then next summer, they're not going to have the ability to spend any money on that. So they might as well go all in Mm -hmm. and spend even more than they normally would, Mm -hmm. you know, which could make things really exciting. You know, they could go out and just cherry pick some of the best players. I still think De Gea is somewhere on their radar screen. You know, you Mm -hmm. get De Gea in goal, you bring Pogba onto your team, maybe get a real striker mm-hmm. to play up top you know it could be real madrid could make a pretty 
significant move here. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that's going to be really, really interesting to watch. All right. Let's jump into the rumor mill then. And I've seen this pop up a couple of times. And it's that Diego Costa will be leaving Chelsea for Atletico Madrid. I would love for that to happen. Not because that, that, like, I really want Atletico to be any better because I do like Real. But the fact that I don't like Diego Costa and I would like for him to get as far away from the Premier League as possible. Yeah. And I could imagine this happening. Uh, Diego Costa having a great season for Chelsea. And seeing that Atletico Madrid were just on a huge push. Their attack could just get so much better with Diego Costa in it. Well, and he is cut from the same cloth as Simeone, mm-hmm. the manager of Atleti, and I just I just see him fitting in there better. Although Conte, manager of Chelsea, has come out to say that Costa's not going anywhere, but that could just be posturing, trying to increase the amount of the offer that Atleti's going to make Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know that that he truly wants Costa there, but I guess time will tell and see if he goes or not. Um, speaking of Chelsea, they are supposedly offering Real Madrid to acquire Morata. Uh, not just that, Morata is a great player, and I could definitely see this happening, but that could also be a reason to sell Diego Costa and sort of replace him with Morata. Absolutely. Yeah, those two definitely intersect somewhere. So we've talked about Pogba a bit already. The latest is that his representatives are in Manchester trying to negotiate terms for a transfer. And coincidentally, Ed Woodward, who's, you know, technical director and makes personnel decisions for Manchester United, did not travel with the club to China on this ICC tour. So maybe it's just coincidence, maybe it's not, but it sounds like maybe there's some activity in Manchester, you know, and they're going to try to get Pogba back into a Red Devils uniform. Mm -hmm. And this time, if he does transfer, we'll actually see him play. Yes. And that just, that would make Man U so much more exciting for this coming up season. They've gotten Mkhitaryan, they've gotten Ibra, and they could possibly get Pogba. Oh, just the merchandise sales alone. Yeah. You know, the jerseys that they'll sell will be out of this world. You know, and all the reports are saying that if and when this does happen, that this will be the biggest transfer paid ever. Yeah, definitely. They're saying, oh, about a hundred million pounds. Yes. Yep. Um... And if it does happen, that opens up a spot at Juventus, and word has it that if this does happen, and supposedly Juventus is not in favor of this happening, but if it does, they will go to Napoli and buy Iguain. Which, that would be, that would just make their attack so much better, that they do have Dybala, but I wouldn't say he's a super true striker right now. Right. But if they do get Iguain, he definitely will become a massive, massive striker and uh, will just open up so much more attack for them. Yep. And the last notable name on the transfer rumor list is that Man City are supposedly keeping a close watch on Mahrez in order to bring him in, which would increase, you know, would make the team better all around, but it's also to really challenge Raheem Sterling. He has all the talent in the world, but it seems to be this mental block that he can't get past. And it could be a nice compliment to Sterling's Sterling's style, but it could also be a way to say, you know, you need to get it in gear Mm -hmm. now or else you've got this other stud of a midfielder, you know, breathing down your neck. Yeah, and if this does happen, I don't think Mars would be the best option, actually, to go out and get. He did have a phenomenal season, don't uh-huh. get me wrong. Right. But will he be able to keep up that same amazing form is the question. Yeah. Because that was pretty much the perfect season for Leicester City. Yeah, absolutely. And not just that, you also have the pressure of have, having to perform at a bigger <laughs> club. Mm-hmm. And it, it, there's so many things that could make him not play as well. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and maybe, you know, Pep... 
and the folks at Man City realize that, and this really is in an effort just to light a fire under Sterling, because mm-hmm. nothing seems to be working, and he's so young still, and is super talented, so is this all just, you know, a... Uh, you know, psychological warfare to get Sterling, you know, to sort of wake up. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that's it. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump into some news. And the first one that a little earlier in the week, UEFA had announced its short list for best player in Europe. So, you know, this is coming off the heels of the Euro tournament and let's go ahead. We'll cover each of these players and, you know, go ahead and let you mm-hmm. make some comments on here. So first up, is um, and these nominees are not in any particular order, but we have Gareth Bale, both of Real Madrid and Wales. So, Bale had a a great um, had a great season, also had a great Euros, and he's definitely a big contender for this. Not just did he um, was pretty much the main star that got his team so far in the Euros. He also won the Champions League and did a lot more things that were really impressive this year and. I think showed the true bail that um, that was right now currently the most expensive transfer in the world should give should give you for your club and for your country. Absolutely. All right. Next up, still one of the best goalkeepers in the world is Gigi Buffon. He is. He's proving not also with Ibra that age is just a number, and <laughs> I like that he is proving himself to be arguably one of the best goalies in the world. Maybe and one of the best goalies ever. Definitely. He's won a World Cup. He's won pretty much everything you can think of. Yeah. And he's just showing that he's just a monster. And he's pretty much a brick wall. Yeah. In goal. Absolutely. All right. Um, a, a name that has really come to be well-known and well-deserved for his popularity this year, especially is Anton Griezmann. Anton Griezmann had a... Phenomenal season overall. He had a great domestic season, being one of the top goal scorers. He also had a phenomenal Euros, getting the golden boot with six goals in seven matches. And then he also uh, just had, just was phenomenal for not just Atletico, but also France. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that's sort of downsided for him is that he did not win a trophy. Yeah. He made it to two finals, from he made it to the Euro finals and to the Champions League finals. Yeah. And he lost both of them. Yeah, yeah, that definitely stings. Yeah, definitely. I also want a player like him. Yeah. All right, next on the list is Tony Cruz. Tony Cruz is he had a he had an okay season. He uh obviously won the Champions League. Was one of the main reasons they won the Champions League. He had uh, he had an okay Euros. He didn't do a ton in the Euros, but he did uh he did contribute to a lot of the things that uh, Germany did, and I think I think that's the key with Cruz is that he's not a flashy player. He will he'll score goals and he'll have brilliant moments, but he's just a steady player. You know, mm-hmm. he's feeding the ball, he's distributing the ball, he'll score when the opportunity presents itself. He, while he may not go through these really really flashy spikes, he's never really low either. He's mm-hmm. just. He's just consistent. And, yeah, very consistent. And the role he plays, that's super important. Yes, definitely. So it, it's nice that someone like him is recognized because, mm-hmm. you know, he's not a Cristiano or a player like that. So the fact that, you know, someone like him is recognized, I think, is is a really nod to how good he is. Yes, definitely. All right. Next on the list, speaking of well-known players, Lionel Messi. He had just a phenomenal season overall. He had a... a it's sort of an average Champions League, I would say. Uh, he, he he only made it to the quarterfinals, which for his kind of standard is, in my opinion, diabolical for him <laughs> because he should be winning these. Right. But he was he was uh, one of the three that were the standout players in um, in Barcelona, and then he also had a pretty decent uh, Copa America, which another downside to him is. He still has not won a a uh, international trophy, yep. which he almost did, right? But missed a penalty and they lost. And now has supposedly retired from mm-hmm. international play. Yeah, I still think he'll come back. All right, moving along here, we have Thomas Mueller. Thomas Mueller uh, had a great season for his club, not so much for country. 
Yeah. Had a very uh, terrible Euros, to be fair. Cool, Didn't yeah. do anything, really. Yep. But he, uh, for club, he was a monster and was pretty much playing kind of behind Lewandowski mm-hmm. and was sort of that center forward role. Yeah. And he did it perfectly, in my opinion. He, that he did. And also on this list is one of his teammates, both for club and country, and that's Manuel Neuer. Manuel Neuer is arguably the best goalie in the world, arguably also one of the best ever. Mm-hmm. And he had, a, he had a really good season for, uh, for Bayern Munich and also for Germany. They did decent in the Euros. I think they could have made it to the finals. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean... It, would, it just wasn't their day that day, right. and it didn't seem like any of them were really playing that great. Yeah. But he still was just, again, like I said with Buffon, a wall in goal. So these next two players are the exact opposite to what you were saying about Antoine Griezmann, where Griezmann lost both the Champions League final and the Euros final. These two players came out on the winning side in mm-hmm. both of those finals matches uh the first is pepe well well he he did miss the champions league final because he was injured but uh when it came to the euros he was one of the main parts in that winning team pretty much holding it down in defense for them the whole tournament and i think the defense is what won them that tournament definitely they were kind of like the chelsea of the champions league final where it was mainly their defense and then their offense just kind of put the ball in after yeah. a, either a counterattack or just some bad play by the other team. Yeah. Uh, and Pepe's club and country teammate is Cristiano, another player that didn't have a whole lot to do in the the final match mm-hmm. of the Euros, but um, nevertheless has a couple of nice trophies in yeah. recent memory. Uh, he was unfortunately, he unfortunately got injured in the in the uh, Euro final, only eight minutes in, then got subbed off in the 25th minute. But uh, you can't deny that he pretty much got his team to the final there. He uh, he pretty much carried the team on his back Absolutely. throughout the rest of the tournament, scored crucial goals, yep. and he also did that for club and arguably, in my opinion, was the best player this year. Yep. And the last player on this list is Luis Suarez. Luis Suarez was... A goal machine this year. He uh, he was hungry. He and he just he just looked like he wanted to score every single time he got the ball at his feet. Mm-hmm. And he unfortunately missed uh, the whole Copa America because of injury. And when he was um, he was warming up with the he was warming up even though he wasn't picked for the team. Yeah. And then one of the Uruguayan coaches came over and said, "You're not playing." And then he just went into full rage mode <laughs> and just raged. Imagine that. And, like, punched everything. Didn't bite anybody? No, unfortunately not. Right. I say unfortunately because <laughs> I would like to see that happen. Yeah. But um, he's very passionate, and he's also very hungry and aggressive. Yes. Um, who do you think on this list deserves the award for I think, best player in Europe? I think Ronaldo. He, I mean, he won the Euros. He won the Champions League. He won the two biggest things in Europe. Yeah. And he was one of the top goal scorers, unlike someone like um, Messi. He did not score as many goals. Right. And if I'm not going to choose him, I think I would choose Suarez. Okay. I will choose him because it wasn't his fault that they did not do well in the Copa America. Yeah. And it was a lot of him. That they won the domestic league. Yeah. And then they also won the Copa del Rey. Well, and I'm guessing since this is titled um, best player in Europe, that maybe UEFA is not taking into account what happened in Copa America. Mm -hmm. And more just Suarez's performance for Barcelona, which, you know, could kind of hurt him because that's a big element, I would imagine, to this award. So if I had to pick, I'm going to go – I'm going to say – Since Cristiano and Messi, for that matter, have won just about every award that they've been up for, I'm going to go with a couple players that maybe don't get as much recognition but have been significant for both their club and their country, and that's Gareth Bale and Antoine Griezmann. 
yeah, I mean, Griezmann was just amazing for club and country, and he was the main factor that uh, France did get to the final and also scored so many goals as well. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, let's continue to move through this new segment because we have more stuff to cover still. So my question for you is this. Is Paul Pogba worth $100 million plus? I don't think he is, to be honest. I think he's... I think he's in the seventy million, to be honest, uh-huh. because uh, he is very young, has has a m- amazing potential, is already one of the best players in the world, and will just c- keep continuing to be better. But I think his Euros kind of hurt him, and he didn't really show up for the Euros. Yeah, but I mean, it can't be too much less than hundred million. Yeah, because in the future. Um, if they paid a hundred million for him, it'll probably pay off because of how much he'll grow. Yes, and how he'll arguably become the best player in the world. And and Man U, if they're the ones to get him, will they'll make money off of him for sure. And lastly, in our news segment here is that while it hasn't been officially announced, word on the street is that Sam Allardyce will be appointed manager of. England. So Roy Hodgson was, he left or was asked to leave probably a little bit of both after a dismal performance at the Euro. So Big Sam is coming in. Yeah. And I kind of dislike this because it's again, another English manager that sort of has the same kind of play style as all the other English managers they've had. Yeah. It hasn't worked for them yet. And we were talking about this this afternoon on the ride home. And I just think that whoever the final decision maker or makers were, uh, they just got scared off a little bit. And, you know, if Klinsman was also, you know, uh, one of the finalists, something about maybe his style scared them off and that, Allardyce would probably be better at following the FA's directions and stuff, whereas Klinsman would go in and sort of be a disruptive element there, mm-hmm. which England needs, but I guess the FA isn't too fond of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go ahead and talk about your training, which really has come mostly in the form of your camps mm-hmm. and your reading because we know Mm -hmm. that you're working on the mental aspect of your game as well so last week you did one camp this week you're doing a different camp how does this week compare to last week for you well last week the camp i went to it was really focused on one thing really and that was passing Mm -hmm. and this week it's not so much more teaching you but it's more but it really um, does a good job of putting you in decent um, in good training drills, uh-huh. and then also in um, then also in scrimmages and things that will help you improve your game. Yeah. And they'll sort of as you're doing the scrimmage, they'll sort of let you do what you want, uh-huh. except they'll sort of tell you at sometimes like if you should have done that or right. if you should have done this. Yeah, I think the difference that I perceived between the two is last week you got really good instruction from some mm-hmm. of the coaches and the level of talent of the kids that you were playing with wasn't you know on average all that great for mm-hmm. the most part and it's the dip and it's different it's the exact opposite this time around i think you're getting probably less tactical coaching from mm-hmm. the coaches yeah. this time around, but you're playing against a much higher caliber of players. So mm-hmm. both are great, you know, um, for different reasons. So it's just interesting to see, you know, how, how these camps, uh, both well-respected, well-attended camps can really differ in their approaches. So, you know, that's sort of the physical and the tactical side of your training lately. And then of course we've been reading the soccer tough book, which is all about improving the mental element of your 
gameplay. So there are a couple of key things that we read about just recently as we are reading this together. And the first were ANTS, A-N-T-S. So ANTS stands for Automatic Negative Thoughts. And uh-huh. pretty much what it's saying is um, your brain tries to give you negative thoughts when something bad happens. Right. But it's teaching you to uh, sort of be positive about it and find positive things about it. Like if you're saying like they said something like this, this guy's leading me to the inside. I'm left footed. I can't cross with my right foot. Uh-huh. Instead, you should be like, if, so what he's leading me to the, to the inside. I'll just cross it with my right foot yep. and I'll improve on it with my, when I do my crossing. Right. And it tries to um, bring uh, positive thoughts into your yep. mind instead. Right. So it doesn't mean that you're living in a dream world and you should ignore when bad things happen and just say, oh, everything's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But it's how do you turn – this whole book is about turning that sort of automatic response that our brains have of looking at the negative, saying, oh my gosh, I don't want to play bad. If I'm a goalkeeper, I can't let in any goals this week. Or if I'm a striker, I have to score mm-hmm. versus – putting a positive spin and saying, well, I'm going to do what it takes to play well in goal. And that yeah. means get up high for crosses and things like that. So, you know, focusing much more on the positive and staying away from those, those ants, mm-hmm. those negative thoughts. What about, there's another term that we learned and it's called the me, the now. So the me, the now is like, so obviously the me is you mm-hmm. and then the now is for right now. Yes. And you're focusing on what you can do now instead of like when when he was talking and he was saying that you want to sort of live in like those in te- about 10 seconds uh-huh. in the future about what you're going to do. Yeah. And you're going to and you want to focus on those things about what you can do. Yes. And then also about like what you can control. and influence and not so much on what you can't control. Right. So it's all about just being present. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you and I have talked a lot about being alert, which means a lot of stuff. It means being on your toes. It means, right. And we've actually written that on your arm to sort of remind you, you're constantly processing. You're thinking, okay, if the ball comes to me now or soon, what am I going to do with it? Mm -hmm. Um, Always looking at the situation and just processing it and knowing, you know, if I run to that space, what'll happen? And and just, Mm -hmm. you're processing it in milliseconds and always living, you know, from the present time into maybe five or 10 seconds Mm -hmm. in the future to just always be on your game, never losing focus. Mm -hmm. All right. And then the last term that we've read about is, is thinking I can instead of I can't and going into, you know, a match or a training session or a tryout with some thoughts of I can. Mm -hmm. And, um, I sort of talked about this when I was talking about, uh, when I was thinking about the, uh, cutting inside thing, Uh instead of seeing it like I'm having so much trouble and I can't, I just said can't, but like I can't uh, cross it with my right foot, for example. Right, right. It's thinking about it in a positive way and thinking about what you can and what you do want to do. Right. Like if he if he's gonna push me onto the inside, okay, he'll push me onto the inside. I'll cross it with my right foot. Right. And I can get into the middle. Yes, and you know I think one of the examples was something to the effect of if you're a striker and you're having a rough time that match beating the defender that you're paired up with and instead of thinking, man, I can never beat this guy. I'm not going to be able to do it. It's either thinking, well, what I can do is I could do a one, two with a teammate or even thinking, you know what? I played as best as I could today. And next time I play this guy, I'll, I'll know that I need to work on better moves or Mm -hmm. moving more quickly or whatever it is. So it's, you know, it's, it's not diminishing your performance necessarily, but you're trying to put a positive spin instead of beating yourself up mm-hmm. over it. Okay. Let's go ahead and jump over quickly to about uh, talk about the charity this week. And these are soccer-related charities. And this is the one that we're digging this week. It's called Charity Ball. And it is a nonprofit organization that provides new quality soccer balls to children in 
poverty-stricken communities around the world. So instead of these kids, you know, taking a trash bag and stuffing it full of stuff and using that as a makeshift soccer ball, you know, these kids, like everyone else, deserve you know, decent equipment. Mm -hmm. I mean, because who knows where the next great player is going to come from. And even if they're not the next great player, these kids deserve an opportunity to get, you know, some fitness and just go out and play. So, you know, this is endorsed by FIFA. They have lots of partner organizations all over the world that collect and distribute these balls. So, you know, I think we hear a lot about when, when people donate, equipment for soccer it's about cleats Mm -hmm. more often than not but this is about doing it with with balls so um you know i think it's it's kind of cool michael bradley is involved in this from a u.s perspective so if anyone is interested in checking it out you can go to charityball.org and learn more about it but we do like to add a a charitable component to our podcast since this is a family-friendly podcast that we do Mm -hmm. and we just feel that it's important to recognize people who are trying to do good uh, especially for kids around the world all right let's shift over into our digital soccer segment and we're going to talk instead of futhead this week we're going to talk about futwiz so futwiz is very similar to futhead except i think it has a better uh search uh, search engine for players and that's i'm going to talk about some players <coughs> that are uh, new to fut and those players are the newly transferred cards and um they consist pretty much what the transferred card is it's pretty self-explanatory that pretty much um, when you get a card, it has their nationality, the league, and their uh, club badge. And pretty much their club badge has changed to the new club they've transferred to in real life. Got it. So um, we have players like Zlatan Ibrahimovic in a, with a Manchester United badge by his, uh, by his, on his card. Yep. And it can also not just bring these kind of cards into the game, but it can also... Uh, help you create new teams in the future. Like, like you can have Zlatan with Jamie Vardy up top, for example. Got it. And they get chemistry because they're in the same league. Do the ratings for players, so for instance, Zlatan now with Man U, in this page we're looking at here at FUTWIZ, he's got an 89 overall rating. Is that the same exact rating as you'll find on FUTHEAD? Yes, it is. Okay. And so, all- there, so there's like one standard card yes for okay and that's determined by who it's determined it's determined by foot okay and they choose the ratings of each card okay and then also in these cards they can get upgrades which pretty much means like they had a great season so they'll get an upgrade and then for example ebro could go up to a 90 okay so if fifa 17 came out today are these cards the same these ratings are the same that we'll see on FIFA 17? No, they will they could change them depending on their season. Like But I mean like if it launched today, are they is FIFA or EA Sports pulling from the same data that no. FUT is providing? Okay, so they're no. different. They're yeah. it's based on their own ratings. Mm-hmm. EA Sports does their own. Okay. And then um then there's Matt Hummels uh-huh. of in Bayern Munich, uh-huh. which is also um pretty important that he can get links now with Boateng, mm-hmm. Neuer, yeah. and so many other defenders yep. that it's pretty much an amazing defense for them. I see we've got uh, Danny Alves moving yeah, Danny over Alves. from Barca to Juventus. Yeah, that's another big transfer, yep. bringing it into the uh, Serie A. Yep. And then there's also people like Pjanic in the Juventus uh, kit, Falcao, uh-huh. uh, Gundogan of Man City. There's also people like... Uh, Mkhitaryan and Man U, Quadrado and Chelsea. Oh my God, this name. Uh, Grzegorz Krzyczowiak of hmm. PSG. Another big transfer. Yep. Uh, Nolito in uh, Man City. Yep. And I also want to say, these cards can also change their positioning. Which, um, like for example, Nolito is a striker. Uh-huh. But since when he played for his club in Spain, I think it was Celta Vigo, mm-hmm. he was a left wing, so 
he is a left wing for some reason. Got it. And, of course, that'll be updated at some point, mm-hmm. I would imagine. But it's cool. You know, you've got all these, you know, if you're interested in, in transfers or, you know, in the foot stuff, it's cool to come on and see, you know, you've got Shaka now linked up with Arsenal. You've got Nani at Valencia. You've got Victor Valdez, who we mentioned earlier at Middlesbrough. So it's cool to see, you know, these these names tied to new clubs. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, that is cool stuff. So, again, you can go to futwiz.com, and wiz is just W-I-Z, and you can check that out. All right. Last piece of the digital soccer segment is sort of, you know, the app that we think is pretty cool this week is actually the Nike football app. So if you go to the app store and you download the Nike football app, it is actually a phenomenal phenomenal app. Um, yes, you can preview and purchase equipment, you know, boots and clothing and jerseys and things like that. But there's a whole training element to this too, which I think is really, really cool. So both physical and mental. So recently there was an update done and they added this mental training component to it where you can train, um, things like your, um, responsiveness or predicting things. So for instance, there's a game where you watch a winger, presumably, uh, cross a ball and you sort of look at how the, what the winger's body position is and what the flight path of the ball is. And then you have to determine where would be, if you were the one receiving that cross, where you would be standing in the box to, to receive that ball. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just, it's training that mental acuity as well. And, you know, and there's a whole list of different drills for that. And then of course, sort of more on the physical side, there's all kinds of drills that they show. They have great videos to go along with them and instructions to build things like speed, strength, fitness, uh, tactical drills and technical skills, all kinds of cool stuff. So I would suggest that if you like that kind of stuff, the Nike football app is one of the best that I've ever seen. Yeah, definitely check it out. Yep. All right, we're about to close out here, my friend. So anything else that is top of your mind right now? Not really. Just I hope everyone who's listening to this uh, enjoys the po- has enjoyed the podcast. Yes, and please tell your friends about it and subscribe. Um, we would love it. We'd love to get our numbers up you know we do this because we love it and if nobody listens that's okay but there are people listening and we love that even more and we would love for more and more people each week to listen so again like we mentioned at the top of the podcast if you want to reach out to us and we hope that you do you can find us on twitter at let's talk soccer two that's the number two facebook just search for let's talk soccer two on Instagram, we're at Let's Talk Soccer, and on YouTube, we're at Let's Talk Soccer, and you can always email us as well at Let's Talk Soccer Two at Gmail dot com. So thank you so much for those of you that have listened and are sharing or are interacting with us on all of our different platforms and maybe even going to check out our Kickstarter campaign and maybe help contribute so that we can continue to improve this podcast and keep it going for a long, long time. So until next time, we say peace. Peace. Goodbye.